You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long cut, and pouches that gives you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz that you're used to without tobacco. Fully Loaded Chew comes in nine flavors and is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine. To give us a try, head on over to FullyLoadedChew.com for a $1 can of chew with free shipping when you enter the code OUTDOOR1, O-U-T-D-O-O-R, and the number one. For more information on our product line, visit FullyLoadedChew.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast, your home for all things outdoors in the Badger State. I'm your host, Josh Raley, and I'm recording this intro on May 2nd. The episode should drop tomorrow, and I got to tell you, May is one of my absolute favorite months here in Wisconsin. Um, You've got lots of stuff to do outside. The weather's turning nice. You've got turkeys to chase. You've got trout to chase. There's lots of Uh, Great hiking. It's a great time to camp. Great time to get outside with the family. So by far, one of my favorite months of the year. Right up there with November, which, hey, November is tough to beat because I love chasing whitetails. It's probably my uh, primary outdoor passion. But, yeah, absolutely love the month of May. Speaking of turkeys, though, I've had a chance to get out here uh, in the last week. I had a season B tag, and I think I mentioned in last week's episode that tag was burning a hole in my pocket I did not have to wait long. I got out on the opening morning of season B, and my season lasted all of about two hours, and I had a nice uh, a nice tom on the ground, a double-bearded tom. I've never shot a double-bearded tom before, but uh, I got one. And then my buddy Pierce, who was on a couple of weeks ago, he had some success uh, yesterday, I believe it was. And so we're going to bring you those stories in an upcoming episode, hopefully next week's episode, actually. And share a couple of the things that we did to, to get turkeys on the ground for us in Season B. We've got a great episode for you today. I'm joined by Isaac Smith of Vector Arrows. You may remember Isaac. I had him on the show a while back, a couple of months ago. Uh, Vector is based right here in the state of Wisconsin. And they make some of the best, highest quality hunting arrows on the market. And soon to be available to you. Some of the best broadheads on the market. I was able to take a peek at some of this new gear while I was down at Vector's shop, and I think the Vector broadheads are an absolute no-brainer. I will certainly be shooting them next fall. Super, super impressed with them. Uh, yeah, so I wanted to have Isaac come back on. He had he had kind of shared in, our, in the last episode that we did together that there were some things in development and that I should check back in, so I did. And when I checked back in, there were a couple of um, new products ready to be unveiled. 
And that's a lot of what we talk about in this week's episode. But before we get into my conversation with Isaac, I have a few housekeeping things. Number one, if you're not already, please like, share, subscribe, follow us in all the right places, Instagram, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever it is. Uh, yeah, go on there and leave us a review as well. Really helps us out. Share this podcast with others that you think might dig what we are doing, fellow outdoorsmen and women here in the state of Wisconsin. And uh, yeah, you can help us continue putting out relevant Wisconsin-based content by heading over to our Patreon page and supporting us there. Last but not least, I mentioned that I would have some big news to share in this week's episode, and here it is. The Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast is now brought to you by Tacticam, makers of the best action cameras on the market for hunters and anglers. They're the new title sponsor of the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast, and I could not be more pleased to partner with Tacticam. They're on the cutting edge of making user-friendly cameras to help the everyday outdoorsman share your hunt with friends and loved ones. Uh, they also make the Reveal cell camera, which you, if you like trail cameras, certainly you've heard of the Reveal by now. It sort of took the market by storm. Uh, really upped the game for quality cellular trail cameras at a price point that's in reach for the everyday guy. And uh, one of the areas that Tacticam really shines to me is uh, with their mounts and adapters that are uh, you know made specifically with the sportsman in mind. If you tried to film your hunts or your other outdoor pursuits, maybe some fishing, you know that it can become really, really frustrating uh, to try to get your action camera aimed just right or get it attached to your weapon or get it... Uh, you know, angled just right so that you get that good second angle. Tacticam makes all of that a breeze with their accessories and mounts. If you're not already familiar with Tacticam, head over to their website, Tacticam.com. Right now, they've got a 50% off sale going for all of their fisheye cameras and fisheye accessories. It's a steal of a deal. Share your hunt with Tacticam. I'm really looking forward to having someone from Tacticam on in the next couple of weeks to chat more about what all they have to offer. But in the meantime, you can head over to their website, check out everything that they do there, Tacticam.com. Now, with all that out of the way, let's jump into today's episode talking all things arrows and broadheads with Isaac Smith of Vector Arrows. Joining me for this week's episode of the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast is Isaac Smith from Vector Custom Shop. Thanks for coming back on the podcast. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, anytime, anytime. We're sitting live in, uh, in your shop where all the magic happens. Yeah, this is kind of the... There's two sides to the shop, um, maybe 40 yards apart in this uh, in this rental complex. So we've got the shop a couple of units down, and then we just added this unit for all of our uh, tinkering and development. So you know we're we've, we're building machines that fletch arrows. We're shooting videos in here. We're doing a little bit of everything, and. Uh, and my three-year-old son is joining us as well because mom's sick. So hey, I hear you, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. We're gonna have a little bit of help today. This, this is real life. That's yeah. right, real life. Hey, I was this close to bringing my three-year-old daughter. So oh, that uh, would have been good. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah. Man, can Next you imagine? Time. We wouldn't have gotten anything done. No. It would have been <laughs> would have been crazy. But yeah. anyway, well, man, for those who maybe didn't catch the first time that you came on the podcast, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and Vector Custom Shop? Ah, uh, yeah, man. Um, appreciate it thanks for thanks for giving me the chance to to share because uh we are in wisconsin where our shop is in milton um we we're vector arrows is uh kind of the name we're trying to get to instead of vector custom shop okay. even though it's all over everything but yeah yeah um vector is kind of part tech company part software solution part hardware so yeah we make arrows uh but but we 
uh, are completely direct to consumer, no retail, um, and every set of arrows gets shipped fully assembled, built to your specs. So the idea kind of came from, you know, year, years ago, I was just building arrows for myself, building arrows for my, my friends, and then started to, um, you know, build them for friends of friends and kind of charge them. And, and I developed this process um, of what I really paid very close attention to when building an arrow. And, and really, you know, the, the process um, I evolved into just pulling up a software like Archer's Advantage or Pinwheel, plugging in it, their numbers, and then uh, building a set of arrows off that, you know, completely built. And I, I wouldn't even have to really be in person with them to see how it flew or anything. But, like, there are softwares that do the math, and compound bows are so repeatable, so consistent, um, that you can build a really good flying arrow in a computer yeah <laughs> and it's yeah. a weird thing because you know um coming from you know the days of recurves and compounds that were less consistent um you know that wasn't possible but they're just machines now you know you plug in a couple numbers draw length draw weight what's your broadhead weigh? but what bow are you shooting that's all we need to know on the website to build you the ideal set of arrows for hunting you know so um so we launched you know um, with a very, very minimal version of that tool on the website, take in a couple metrics, and then it would do the math on the website for you to figure out what arrow you should be shooting. And it'll tell you the weight and the FOC and things like that. Yeah, that, that's one of the things that I've really loved about you guys is is that tool on your website. I mean, it's, it's, it's fantastic. I, you can go as far as you want sure. when it comes to archery. and. Yeah. There are a couple things in this life that I love to nerd out on, and mm-hmm. uh, archery is just not one of them. Like, <laughs> like it, it's a lot to do with the way that I was raised. Sure. Right? Like, my bow is a tool. My yeah. rifle is a tool. Um, yep. I don't go online and obsess about hammers, and and I, I kind of don't do the same thing when it comes to like what makes a good arrow. Sure. But at the same time, I walk into a big box store, let's say, and I'm picking out arrows, and typically, like the the motivating factor was price, yep. <laughs> you know, or hundred percent or which one was the least overwhelming when I went to right. make the decision, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, I remember going in and picking out like 55, 75s or yep. I don't even know if that was the right one, but sure. you know what? They'll shoot out of my bow and I can get it figured out. But yeah, when I find a tool like you guys have, and you can go in and plug that in spits out, here's exactly what you need. Right. That removes a lot of the guesswork for a guy like me that doesn't want to, um, go through that whole process of, of what it seems like a lot of folks these days buy, you know, 10 different arrow brands and different shafts and they cut them all to different lengths and they have 20 different broadheads that they're going to shoot and test. They're going to spend their whole summer doing that before they decide on what they want to go with. And I'm like, bro, I don't have that. I don't have that time. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not anymore. I'm yep. building everyone else's arrows. I can't do it for myself. But, uh, but honestly, that's part of the, <laughs> it's a funny point to make, I guess, is I use it too. Like, I don't do any extra tinkering other than what we literally put in to make that algorithm work. And now all of us here, we do the same thing. We just plug in our numbers and that and, and, uh, you know, submit an order through the site and pick them up at the, at the (laughs) shop door. And, uh, that's how we get our arrows. Like, you know, we trust it, you know, to the extent that we, we use it and we're, we're pretty picky, I guess. So at this point, you know, been, uh, we we do a lot of tinkering, but not for not for fun. I mean, it's it's 
more I'd say development, you know, yeah, uh, understanding how to make that tool as accurate as humanly possible, you know. Yeah, and I'd say by the looks of this shop, there's quite a bit of tinkering going on right now, including a couple of things that are sitting in front of me that we're going to talk about. You yeah, guys are awesome. looking into some really, really cool stuff. What's, what's new since the last time we talked? Man, okay, when was uh, that? Maybe in the life of Vector in, yeah. in general. We'll get to the new products, but like what's new in, in uh, Vector world? Sure. So, um, man, since the last time we talked, I think we put up a new website. I think we um, started talking about some new products that we're working on, um, including aero model number two and um broadheads that we've been making um now everything's moving to a new component system so we're moving away from a two-piece insert outsert to a single piece um one piece component we call it the opc the one piece component <laughs> dude that's cool and that just uh that helps arrows spin straighter with your broadhead and uh better adhesion on the shaft it solved a lot of the problems that we were having with um, the the two piece system that we were using, so it was it's hard to get those to spin straight, yeah, right out of the box. Yep. And uh, <clears throat> people pull them out on targets a lot because that insert doesn't have a lot of surface area to glue to the shaft. So uh, maximizing surface area for adhesion was a big deal. So, and it's and it's just way stronger. Like any anytime you have two pieces um pressed together you are compounding tolerances and um giving giving that component more opportunity to bend mm, and since yeah. so often for weight reasons we had to use aluminum that was a big deal so yeah so going to one piece is i mean that's a big deal for yeah. us it's gonna be it's gonna help us on the back end a lot support customers better and then uh, broadheads um, there's kind of two two big developments with broadheads. Uh, first, on on the higher end, we are working with Iron Will, uh, who, in my opinion, has made a unbeatable broadhead. Mm. Um, there, they there's a sticker shock um, element. Absolutely. For uh, a lot Absolutely. of a lot of us, uh, you know, for a long time, I thought it'd be really fun to shoot Iron Will heads because of the outstanding reviews. Because you know, the, um, Bill who who founded and designed um, all the products. Like, he's an engineer. He spent, I think, eight years or something like that on just this broadhead before he ever sold one. Wow. Um, and he's a he's a mechanical engineer by trade and a very good one. Um, so, you know, it, I, I think he made the perfect fixed head. It flies amazing. I mean, they're unbreakable. I've, I've shot, like, six, seven animals with one head with very light touch-up. So, wow. You know, uh, they might look expensive at first glance, but how much would it cost you in broadheads to shoot six, seven deer, pigs, turkeys, yeah. you know, yeah, whatever yeah. the, you know, quantities of each it was, I forget, but, um, that was two years ago and that was, you know, same head, a little bit of touch up. You can pull the blades off and sharpen them very easily. Um, and you know, that's how it makes sense of the investment. You know, I, be, I get a fresh set of six or nine heads every two, three years, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, and I can practice with them. Nice. And then touch them up, go hunt and, you know, not ever worry about how my arrow's going to fly, putting he broad heads on and hitting the woods in the fall. Like, you know, that can be uh that could be a wake up call sometimes. And it used to be, I guess for me is I'd shoot field points all summer and feel like I'm just dialed, you yeah. know? 
Oh yeah. And then you slap any broadhead on. Um, and, and I shot mechanicals for a long time too. And sometimes it was still just a little wonky or, you know, I had a lot to learn about tuning and stuff, I guess, but I like to practice with broadheads. Um, so we are working with iron will. We're going to have, um, our two arrow shafts, the HMR and the ZMR will be available with iron wheel components. Okay. And, uh, Bill is helping us make sure that people get the arrow that he would want them to get too. Oh, nice. So okay. he's, he's got more of a hand than, you know, making us a dealer for components, but he's really helping us with uh, what vein orientation works best with his heads, things like that. Um, and he's he's a Western hunter. He's out in Colorado. And that that, uh, that ZMR arrow is kind of our purpose-built arrow for Western hunters. Yeah, so for sure. So it, it made sense to have somebody who was out there, like, living the life you know, shooting, shooting Western game, you know, with an arrow every year, a part of the process, the design process. So, um, so that, that pushes the price point up to around 300 bucks a dozen. Whereas, um, the vector components with this new one piece component, um, you know, really almost indistinguishable in, uh, in many ways, but that'll be closer to like 200 bucks a dozen. Okay. Um, so we try to make things as affordable as possible for the amount that goes into it. Like, um, if you go, you know, pay a hundred bucks for half a dozen arrows at Dick's Sporting Goods, um, you still have to find an arrow saw somewhere or, um, you know, I, I used a hacksaw in my basement for many years Mm. and didn't realize what I was giving up in just tolerances and, and, you know, it did the job for me at, at 20 yards in Wisconsin, you know, sure, yep. but I, you know, in the pursuit of a little better performance, I got an arrow saw, I got, you know, some, you know, fancy squaring jig, like all these things. And, and yeah, and it had a learning curve and I wasted a lot of material going through arrow shafts and components and glue and, and trying to figure out how to, you know, finish building a box of fletched arrows that I got from, from a sporting goods store. So, yeah, there's just a learning curve. We're trying to cut that down for people. You know, we've got the fancy saws and, you know, get everything square. And uh, and it's, it's, it comes to you fully built. And you just put on your head, build point, broadhead, whatever weight you indicate on the on the website when you order. And it should fly great. Um, and, you know, I even till fairly recently, I was very skeptical about you know, how many people are really getting perfect arrow flight yeah. out of this. Yep. Um, but now after finishing our first full season, we did find that um, in reviewing data from customers, it was about one in 2,000 customers can't get their arrow to fly good. Really? Yeah. So um, if if you're having trouble with arrows, um, and Ben, our uh, support guy, might hate me for saying this, but even if you're shooting different arrows <laughs> and you're like, I really want to get some vector arrows, um, but I'm having this weird issue, right? Like send info at vectorcustomshop.com, the email, um, a slow-mo video from your iPhone. Nice. Okay. Somebody yeah. over your shoulder. So seeing the arrow flight and, uh, we can, uh, we can tell you if, if, a good set of arrows will fix your problem if you need to 
visit the shop, get get a tune up. <laughs> Interesting. So you can kind of do a little bit of diagnostic work from yeah. just a little video. Yeah, I mean it's it's a very it's less so now with like what I was saying about modern compound bows, but it's a very manual process, right? To get things tuned and trued up. Yeah. You know, but for me, like my my tuning process has evolved into making sure my bows in spec and then building building arrows through our website and yeah. that's pretty much all I all I do anymore, I guess. Yeah. Like make sure my rest is, is centered to the manufacturer's specs. Um, make sure brace height and ATA is right. You know, there's some basic timing stuff you got to pay attention to. And then um, I can't shoot the difference beyond that, you know, <laughs> yeah. like beyond yeah. that. It's, uh, yeah, it's, you know, very minor tweaking, if anything. And, you know, I'm, I don't. I'm not a guy who groups real good out at 80 yards anyway. Sure. So, sure. You know, I'm I'm not gonna. I'd be pretty nervous taking even 45 yard shot on a whitetail. So, yeah. you know, I've never shot a deer past 24. I think. Wow. No <laughs> kidding. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Man. That's what we've been working on. And then, uh, you know, so I, I was kind of starting to break down like the high end and the the low end. Although it's still a pretty high end, I guess. Um, but the broadheads, we're trying to make as good of a fixed head as we can for the money. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, expensive broadheads out there that now that we're making them, um, we're realizing how affordably they can be made. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, aside from iron wheels made in America, they're, they're, you know, grade five titanium and hardened tool steel, like that's that's a that's a pretty unbeatable value even at a hundred bucks for three, mm. but um, ours ours should be closer to like um, like sixty bucks twenty bucks a head ish is the goal um, and it's a it's a broadhead built to your specs yeah. so yeah um, there's you know you can pick what size blade and cutting diameter you want you can pick if you want a bleeder or no bleeder um, there's like a a bleeder delete insert you can pull that blade out and just put something else in, in its place so there's not a hole but it weighs the same amount so oh, nice okay so you can so you shoot can... it as a two blade or a four blade basically this is the one that i'm holding right now is the the that's the one big one okay yep and uh yeah so the smaller blades will be like seven eighths of an inch cut um then the bigger ones will be like an inch and a half close to an inch and a half so it's pretty cool yeah, you'll you'll be able to build a broadhead in the website, you know, as a two blade, a four blade, big cut, little cut, and then they'll come how you want them. Dude, that's awesome! I'll <laughs> tell you what I really like about about this broadhead that I'm holding right now. What do you know? What it's going to be called? Do you have a name? No, okay, we don't. All right, you got broad, an idea? I don't have any <laughs> ideas. Uh, you can call it the Wisconsin Sportsman Special. No. Um, <laughs> So what I really like about this head is with those, with those, I'm guessing replaceable blades, right? So what are, what am I looking at for replacement blades as far as cost? A couple bucks. Okay. Uh, So as cheap as possible. Yeah. So not bad. All the blades are S7 tool steel, heat treated, cryo treated. They're going to be, you know, the best head you could possibly get at 60 bucks a pack. Dude, that's, that's, that's the goal. That's awesome. I, you know, I, I think in the broadhead world, a lot of guys have taken that, um, 
you get what you pay for thing a little yeah. bit too far. Sure. And the assumption has been, and I'm guilty of this last year. My assumption was if I spend a bunch of money on broadheads, they're going to be good heads and they're going to hold up. But I had a specific broadhead last year. I shot three animals with, and each of the three broadheads came back, just chewed up. I mean, yeah. look like I sent it through a wood chipper. There was, sure. it wasn't just that the blade didn't hold sharpness. It was the blade didn't come back. Like I didn't get all of it back. I mean, yeah. there are giblets of the Part blade. Of gone. Yeah. Huge chunks of it. So like, right. I can't even sharpen this out of the blade first. Right. Of all. And, and they're not replaceable blade heads. So they're, you know, I'm just out, you know, out of luck. Yeah. And on top of that, I, I like to shoot my broadheads at targets as well. Yeah. And man, sharpening some of the, the heads that are sure. out there is not easy. I mean, it takes and they, they show you these YouTube videos. Oh, just throw it in this little jig, slide it over some sandpaper, and you're great. No, you're not. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's not. It is especially with uh, I know which broadhead you're talking about, and they're all curved blades. We're using the ones that I was were using. I was using the straight ones. Yeah, but even <laughs> even with that, I had a, a a difficult time. So with with these broadheads, they're they're replaceable blades. They look like you could probably sharpen them a time or two if you wanted. Yeah, so so curved blades get a bad rap because they're so hard to resharpen. Yep. But the advantage of a concave blade like that is that um, you're making a bigger hole than the actual cut, cutting diameter of the head. Interesting, okay. So it's, it's for the sake of making as big of a hole as possible. Like straight blades, um, me- mechanically perfect. Um, curved, curved blades, when they're concave like that and they swoop out, um, you're just going to, you're just going to leave a massive hole. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's the, that's the idea with that one. Um, to be as small in flight as possible, but as big in cutting as possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, yep. these, these look, these look fantastic. Any, they're going to be cool when we can expect. You can put it on that. Oh yeah. And that holds the bleeder in when you cinch it down. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't want to give dates because we've made some changes lately. And so we're doing one final round of prototyping to get the strength just right, but should be a very robust system and unbeatable for the price. And, you know, part of, part of that is being direct to consumer. Like we don't have to split margins with a retailer or, you know, with anybody, you know, we want to pass that on to the customer and give the best tool for the best price as possible. Um, Part of that too, though, is uh, you know, in in developing our own heads and stuff, it's really shocking to see what people charge, what other companies charge for broadheads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When now we know what it costs to make them. Yeah. Certain mechanical broadheads that come to mind, even some of the the less expensive fixed heads. But um, I, th- I think of a few companies companies specifically that, you know, um, they pay less than a dollar a head to make these things. Oh, you know, no and then the, you know, of course it's going to retail. There's a lot of people that need to get paid off it. Yeah. But you know, you're going to pay 39 to $44 a three pack Wow. and they're essentially disposable. Like that's one shot. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's been an eye opening experience and just the way things are going with the internet and, you know, uh, shops have been so much a big part of, you know, the archery um industry for so long but i think they're becoming less so and i know a lot of them have closed through covid and so we're just trying to trying to provide like a real solution through the internet because 
that's where that's where everything's going. Yep. So for sure. I don't know. It's been a very interesting experience learning to learning to do all this. <laughs> hey guys, just want to take a quick minute to let you know that this episode of the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast is brought to you by Tacticam. As many of you know, I've really gotten into filming my hunts over the last two years, and I especially love filming my turkey hunts. This spring, I'm going to be running the Tacticam 5.0 and the Tacticam 5.0 wide cameras. I plan to have the 5.0 mounted to my bow stabilizer with the 5.0 wide looking back at my blind to get great second angle footage. The 5.0 and the 5.0 wide deliver 4K 30 frame per second resolution in a weatherproof package. There's also a remote that you can get for them so that you can operate these cameras with just the click of a button. And to make it even better, they offer tons of mounts and accessories made specifically with hunters and anglers in mind. If you're hoping to capture your hunting memories to share with friends, family, and loved ones, check out the Tacticam 5.0 and the Tacticam 5.0 wide today at www.tacticam.com. Share your hunt with Tacticam. You, you just hit on something really interesting for me. Um, is that whole idea with, um, you're kind of taking a service that, that the small mom and pop shop in town might've used to do. And there, I think there are a lot of people that are going to, um, maybe not like part of that. Yeah. Um, the other side of that is though, um, I've been really unhappy with a lot of (laughs) mom mom and pop shops and and what they've done or what they've sent me out the door with. Right. I mean, just, you know, I, I, I just end up really sad. I end up going home and trying to fix the the issues myself or just frustrated or, you know, whatever. And I don't get the the service that I want necessarily out of those shops. And, and at the same time, I think an advantage for you guys and why I, I wanted to come back and have you on the podcast again, you're right here in Wisconsin. Yeah. Right. Like we're not taking mom and pop shop money and sending it to XYZ gigantic aero brand. Yeah. Right. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And, and man, keeping it in Wisconsin has been a whole uh, roller coaster experience as well because we did experiment with uh, shipping out pallets full of components um, overseas mm. and have them assembled. And we could have a dozen arrows perfectly four-fletched for three bucks. Wow. You know, and it costs many times that in the U.S. with U.S. labor. And, you know, our, our staff, everybody's, you know, at least in their mid-20s to, to mid-30s. And, you know, they got to they gotta have a real job, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so it, it – uh, but we've tried to make things more efficient and make them cheaper that way. Yep. Instead of sure. um, just, you know, <clears throat> grinding through with the bits and burgers and, you know, working on machinery to fletch arrows, working on machinery to sort for straightness, things like that. Yeah. And uh, it's coming along. Yeah. 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 Well, man, you guys did. Uh, what's that? We'll keep it in Wisconsin. There you go. Yeah. You do what you can anyway, right? Yeah, right. Uh, so you guys recently had a hog hunt, right? Down yeah. in Texas. So, oh, man. Dude. Are we, were we using a lot of these new components, I'm guessing, down there? Yeah, it was all the new stuff. Um, all right, so what's the, what's the feedback? Who all was it? It was you? Me and Ben from the Vector team. Okay. And then uh, Sam Solholt yep. and his brother Josh Solholt from okay. Public Land Tees. Yep. They're good buddies. Um, and then uh, Ben Fournier runs the ranch okay. down there. And he's a guy that has kind of been an internet friend, and we've sent him prototypes of things to go shoot hogs with because he he manages about 500 acres in texas 
and it's got a bunch of exotics on it, like, you know, fallow bucks or fallow deer, black buck, um, oryx. Uh, he's got red stag in there. Anyways, a lot of fun critters to see. You see wildlife like constantly in there. That's cool. You know, and 500 acres, like it felt, it felt big, but you know, you couldn't see all of it once. Yeah. You know, so, um, but he's got like something like 400 pigs on 500 acres. Oh man. That should not be there, you know, and, and go. people don't realize like a full grown male hog can root up 10 acres in a night. Yep. You know? Yep. Um, so it's a catastrophic problem. And so he lets us come down there and, you know, just crash at the house, go shoot pigs every night, and it's a blast. So, <laughs> and if hey, and if YouTube is correct, uh, hogs are the only thing to test your broadheads on. <laughs> yeah, it's funny they 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 offer a very similar experience to whitetail because I mean, it's there's not much sport in it. It doesn't do the same thing for me as like deer hunting. Sure, um, because you, you just put out. A, a big pile of bait, corn soaked in Kool-Aid and yeast so they can just smell it forever. Um, and it's real sweet, you know, and, you know, they come in in a group of 30 pigs. Yeah. And as long as you don't hit one in the spine so it squeals, they don't run away when you shoot one. So you just really? keep shooting one after the other. That's what happened in that video you're probably talking yeah, about. Shot. Yeah. I had five arrows. And I kept shooting pig after pig to where I was like, man, I'm going to run out of arrows and there's still going to be pigs sitting there. I'm going to wait for <laughs> two of them to line up, try to shoot two pigs with one arrow. And then uh, got down on the ground to pick up some of my arrows because got pass-throughs on, I think, four out of five of those. And then more pigs started coming into the feed. I could hear them coming in. So I just got like 10 yards to the side of the bait on the ground and it was almost pitch dark at that point a whole nother group of pigs comes in and i shoot a shoot a smaller one at like point blank in the dark oh, <laughs> so that was that was number six so that was a lot of fun um pig pigs do have big heavy bones and uh super gristly fat and hair i mean just wiry hair so yep. if you're gonna you know if you break stuff on a pig you know you know what to work on and it's kind of our off season too. So like we don't get a lot of deer hunting time in the fall cause we're building so many arrows oh, yeah. that time of year. Yep. So it's kind of like a, whew, we made it through another busy season thing, go down to Texas and kill nice. hogs in February. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And that's cool. How did, yeah. how, how did you feel with the performance of, of the gear coming back? Everything was pretty much perfect. Um, heat treating tool steels, is kind of finicky because you're you're battling things being extremely hard but brittle mm. or extremely soft and hard to hard to snap but then it doesn't have a good edge retention okay so there's like a sweet spot we're trying to find and you you keep changing the heat treat and cryo treatment recipe yep to get it just right so so uh like the the failures we had were just bleeders snapping off because they were a small blade that was vented a little too much. Okay. And then yeah. just dialing in the heat treat. But um, overall, everything pretty much was perfect. This uh, one-piece component that we're replacing the two-piece system with was just outstanding. And, and that was that was a funny thing, too, because we were, we were uh, as many people are, worried about having an aluminum part on an arrow. Yep. 
you know, obviously everything should be a steel or titanium for the utmost confidence and things not bending or breaking. Yep. But uh, we thought by eliminating weak, weak points in that system that aluminum would suffice. So to test, you know, to the utmost our design and take pressure off of a material, we prototyped everything in magnesium as well which was even lighter than aluminum, it was much softer than aluminum. But we thought, let's get the drawing perfect by using a inferior material. Yeah. And then, so, and make it work so that going to aluminum made it feel like an upgrade. Yeah, right? yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I shot, shot some pigs with the aluminum piece, but I also got one with a magnesium uh, component and... It was perfectly fine. Held up well. Hard, hard quartering two shot on a 240-pound hog. No bending. Wow. No break. That was, that was a pleasant surprise. Yeah. Man, that's super <laughs> so, exciting. That was fun. That's great. That's great. Uh, so looking as far as, um, looking as, far as what, what's to come with the – tell me about the, the ZMR arrow so i know yeah. you had you had a bunch of guys shooting those last fall yeah they performed pretty well very good. Uh, i got to talk with uh casey smith uh from the element no way and that's uh, awesome he mentioned that he they were super impressed with was it him or tyler that was shooting the zmr i think tyler shot the zmr yeah he and went he as shot. a bit lighter arrow yeah. um casey shot the hmr now they're kind of you know experimenting again and uh but they'll probably both shoot a variety of them depending yeah. on the application. So, yeah. Um, but it doesn't have to be that technical for most people. It's just the HMR is heavy. The ZMR is kind of a mid weight. So like for myself, I'm 27 and a half inch draw. I shoot a little under 70 pounds. I'll call it 70, um, 125 grain head. So if I plug those numbers into the HMR, I get like a 580 grain arrow. Okay. Yeah. Pretty darn heavy. Um, but you know, the advantage is it blows through everything, you know, penetration is of no concern. Um, but with the ZMR, my arrow is like 460. So at 460 grains, it's like, um, it's still a heavy arrow relative to what most people are used to, Yeah. but something a bit more appropriate for taking longer shots. If you're in open country or out West, like that's kind of the, the use case that we thought of mm -hmm. in developing that it's just, it's very similar hardware, very similar carbon, you know, to the HMR. They're just one's lighter. Yeah. And are there, are there any trade-offs as far as uh, performance that you're going to find between the HMR and the ZMR? Yeah, the, the ZMR, um, so the, carbon is measured in tonnage. So like a very low T rating carbon is going to be heavy and low modulus and very hard to break and that's what the hmr is okay and the zmr is a slightly more high modulus carbon which makes it lighter while being the same stiffness but you give away some of that unbreakable nature so um we broke more zmrs in testing than we were expecting because we've been so spoiled with the hmr yeah yeah um but you know it's still not like I used to break arrows, you know, with, sure. you know, any other high modulus carbon 
uh, shaft, you know, so. And that's what's dominant in the archery world right now. Yeah, it's most arrow companies want to make as high of a modulus uh, carbon arrow as they reasonably can because it makes it light but stiff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for so long, light has been the goal because that's how you get speed. Yeah. And everything is sold on speed. Like, you know, the the new Matthews bow shoots 345 feet per second, right? Yeah. Like those IBO ratings and things like. Um, but, you know, nobody's going to actually get that out of their bow anyway. Yeah. When they build an arrow for it. Like, if you're shooting 260 to 280, you pretty much that's fps you know with a with an arrow that flies good and has a really sharp broadhead on the front you're probably just fine yeah yeah you're gonna <laughs> trajectory wise yeah, yeah yeah you're gonna you're gonna be just fine when, when yeah. it comes to that so yeah i i made the switch last year i think i said last time uh, when we talked to much much heavier arrows noticed some trajectory issues uh not upsetting because i don't shoot past 30 yards anyway at a deer, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, if I'm trying to stretch it out when I'm practicing out to 50, 60, 70 yards, boy, that, that pin gap is becomes dramatic. And it's really not as dramatic out to 30 as I thought it would be. Um, but once you get beyond that, then it's like, okay, now it starts to drop real hard. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So it really, to me, it's not even about, you know, the ZMR being a Western arrow. It's just about how you shoot, how you're comfortable you know, I'd probably set up a beginner with the HMR personally. Like, yeah, somebody else on the vector team, the same question that probably gave you a different answer. But for me, I'd rather give, you know, a beginner or just most whitetail hunters in general, not that they're beginners, but because of the way that we hunt, I'd rather give them a heavier arrow. Yeah. Because we're not really taking those shots past 30. Um, and, you know, when, uh, when you shoot a heavy arrow with a good head, you can – you have more opportunities. Like you can take a quartering two shot with a lot of confidence. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so for sure. Yeah, man. So when it, when it comes to the ZMRs, one of the things I really liked about the HMRs is looking at them and seeing how thick that, how thick that wall was, uh, okay. on the arrow. Now are the ZMRs as thick? Um, inside diameter, slightly less, slightly less. Okay. Yep. Okay. So that comes with the, the, slightly higher modulus carbon is you give up a little bit of that thick wall effect but it's still okay. more than you would see on something like like a victory vap or something like that it's yeah. still thicker yeah a lot okay. more stout harder harder to break in our experience than like a an axis okay um i don't know how much i should give specific names of things but we compared it to a lot of products that you know we used before we'd probably use again if vector went under you know the they're great arrows you know victory makes great arrows the axis is probably one of my favorites like so you know yeah just tried to really focus on those things that mean the most to a customer and make it as you know accessible as possible whether price or process so yeah yeah it's really kind of the things that we have tried to pay attention to nice Let's uh, let's shift gears just a little bit. What are your uh, what are plans for moving forward with Vector? I mean, I know we've got new products coming out, but you know, what's uh, last time I had you on, I asked you a similar question, and and you were like, "Well, there are some secret things." And uh, but so, wh- yeah. where are we at? 
Yeah, so um, probably secret things last time we talked were this partnership with Iron Will, yeah. Broadheads of our own. Um, there's, there's, I think, four or five more arrows that we want to build that are kind of specific use cases that we have prototyped, including uh, a target, target-specific arrow kind of um, for indoor and 3D. Like, those are... Those are practices best uh, with a, an arrow built for it. You know, yep. you're not going to take your hunting arrow and go win competitions. Um, well, I mean, some people do. People are doing it with <laughs> the hammer. Yeah. People are, you know, smoking everybody at 3D tournaments with, That's crazy. you know, 600 grain arrows because they are very forgiving. But, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, I can't do it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, building building a couple more arrows for specific use cases, and then uh, the heads is big. We've got uh, another head past that one. That's that's uh, prototype number two should be here, or yeah, one and a half. I don't know how to say it because we don't talk about it ever externally. But um, is that the secret thing I'm holding in my hand? No, that's no. that's the other blade size. Oh, okay. Yeah. So because you can build the. The variable blade system, gotcha. Okay. Broadhead, gotcha. In in a number of sizes, but there's a single piece machined head also coming. Gotcha. That okay. We're trying to iron out some of the details on and try to make that one even cheaper. Yeah. It's just good, you know. Sometimes we get into a conversation where it's like, oh man, if we pull this off, like everyone's gonna hate us because they won't <laughs> be able to sell like their thing against it anymore because it can be you know the same price or a little cheaper yeah but like so much better yeah and a lot of that's material used or you know yeah i don't know wow we'll see what happens yeah. there's there's a lot of a lot of ideas but um really focusing on in the next several months to building and growing our support team um, which right now is totally remote, you know, guys in other states who clock in and answer questions for people who need to get their stuff tuned up, you know, and, and that's, that's hard to do remotely because, you know, like we were saying, it's, it's such a hands-on manual thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but they've been able to do it with uh, surprising success so far. So wow. we'll see how, how well we can build a remote tech support for bow hunters dude you know that's the way to go man process Get, system <laughs> you, you need to have it where we, i can have a guy on speed dial and just man when i'm having in trouble just quick call him up yeah i don't know how much i should say should say but we we're toying with like appifying it oh yeah you know so that you could you know take a video clip of yourself shooting or something like that and and have have remote support know exactly what you're doing know exactly what's going on you know dude that's cool and with iphones you know all phones pretty much now shooting such slow motion yeah. you can see what's happening to an arrow yeah it's pretty cool so um that that's a that's a lot of stuff to figure out i mean it is and we kind of we kind of thought at one point like oh man we just built a calculator that builds you know perfect arrow for any bow hunter it's like cool, it's all downhill from here, you know, but that was dumb because uh, it's not, you know. <laughs> it's like tech, tech tools are really hard to build. Yeah. And uh, well, and, then, and there are lots of different hills. 
Yeah, but, you don't see any <laughs> of the problems coming. You don't know what you don't know. Goodness gracious. So, yeah, if you're using certain browsers even, it won't, you know, <laughs> it won't tell you what your arrow is going to weigh. Like, yeah, you know, but, you know, maybe stop using Internet Explorer 98 you know, whatever it is. It's time to move on. It's time to move on. Yeah. It's <laughs> let that, let that one die a slow and peaceful death. Just let right. it go. <laughs> so man, well, big we're plans learning. for the spring. You guys bear hunting, turkey hunting. Yeah. We've got either one or two black bear hunts between the team. We'll get those filmed if they, if they are um, happening. Um, the one for sure is in Idaho. Ben's got a tag in Idaho. Oh, nice. Um, so he's a guy we'll, you'll see on camera a lot more. Um, but we don't want to, like, go do the the typical, like, hunting video stuff because yeah. it's already just freaking everywhere. It is. Like, Nebraska Part 1, Nebraska Part 2. It's yeah. like, you know, there's so much content like that on the Internet already with people who are better hunters and better <laughs> scouters than us. Like, Well, and people who probably have more time, too. They I mean, got a lot more time, Yeah. And, you know, hunting season is our, is go time for us. So that's when we're busiest. So the spring season is going to turn into a lot of lab, lab time, you know, for us, which, you know, we're, we're trying to develop content in the direction of being more tech focused. Yeah. And if there's hunting involved, it's for a reason. Yeah. It's like paying close attention to failures and things like that. So, yeah, that, that's the idea. So that yeah. with black bear, you know, they don't bleed a lot. Yeah. Um, they're, they're anatomically, uh, very different than a deer, you know? So, so the, the lab focus there is how can our big, uh, big cut broadhead here make as good of a, as big of a hole in a black bear as possible and actually get a good blood trail would be, would be the, the win there, you yeah. know? So, yeah, that yeah, we'll see. Turkeys though, got a couple turkey tags. I never apply for anything on time, so I've got late turkey tags. Oh man, okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then uh yeah, in the fall, you know, a bunch of us here have got elk plans and you know, all kinds of stuff. I think Ben might go do a goat hunt in British Columbia. Um you know, it's it's hard to pick what to do cuz we've got so many customers now that we've spent a lot of time on the phone with and, you know, feel like we're friends and then we'll go hunt. And so <laughs> we get invited to do things like that's how we met Ben with the ranch in Texas. It's like, um, you know, just, you just meet people and make your plans and it's hard to pick which one you want to go do. And oh, with, yeah. a, with a young family, especially. Yeah, for sure. So I might get my chance to go out West uh, in the fall, but I try to keep it close to home cause we're, we're building the business and it's very demanding. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, is there, um, with the, uh, all the, the stuff that you guys have going on for the spring and with, with new products coming out, one of the things that, uh, we talked about last time and I want to just highlight again for guys that are like, man, it's, it's time to make the switch, right? Like mm -hmm. we're recording this in April. Okay. Yeah. It's time for people to start thinking about their fall arrows like right now. Oh yeah. Right. Like, should I, should I call you in August and be like, Hey, can you have these to me by September? Like, <laughs> yeah. So as we get closer to the end of summer, early fall, the lead time will go up. Um, last year it got up to like five weeks. Yeah. Um, and at some point we were, you know, 
over a thousand orders in the hole that we were going to have to build by hand, you know, so on average between dozen and half dozen, that equates to about 10,000 arrows, wow. you know, that we sold saying, Hey, couple week lead time, but not being too specific. Cause we didn't know how long it would take. And yeah, that was, that was honestly really dumb. You know, we should have just said it was sold out mm. and hindsight's 2020, but, um, Right now, we're using all the slow time a year to just stock up so that then we're not fletching arrows. We've just got tens of thousands on the shelf. Mm, yeah. Um, yep. And so we can just pull a set of fletched arrows, cut them to length, glue the insert. And rock goes on, on the dry it. rack, gets shipped the next day, you wow. know, and that, that'll help us keep lead time down. So we shouldn't have the same problem, or at least it shouldn't be as big. <laughs> but uh, we've also grown a lot, so, and we have more products to ship now. So yeah, you know, it's a startup. It's very, it's a very, uh, you know, labor-intensive process to, yeah. to build these things. So um, I don't know what to expect. But if you want to wait a lot less, yeah, order arrows now. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and get on that. Get what on it. I gotta say, I do appreciate this about <clears throat> about you guys. I feel like with a with a small business you know, just a couple of guys, I feel like there could be a lot of temptation to just get into it, to build our calculator, to have our HMRs going out. People are happy with them, right? Like mm -hmm. nobody's upset when they get their HMRs. Nope. So except for maybe that one in 2000 that couldn't get them to tune or, yeah. or whatever, but like people Which, are happy with it. It would have been really easy to just say, okay, there we go. And just kind of sit on your hands and, and wait a couple of years, but you guys have kept pressing forward. Like, yeah, I mean, kept pushing the envelope saying, what's next? What else can we build? What can we do? What can we do better? And I, I've really liked that about y'all because it, it's not been like, how can we get into this game so that we can get that part of the market too? How can we do <laughs> this broadhead so that we can get that part of the market too? But you're saying, how can I do that better than everyone else is doing it? Yeah, well, or better or easier, right? Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're dreamers. You know, we are very visionary couple guys i guess and they might they might point most of that towards me i guess but i just get i get bored pretty fast and <laughs> you know i can't i can't not be like building something yeah yeah so yeah zmr is about done that'll go to market in a few weeks here and then we'll be just right on to making the next thing we we want this to be you know an arrow company not just a company that makes one arrow yep you know so Heads, components, knocks, making our own knocks, making our own everything. Yeah. Yeah. Very then, cool. Along with tech tools that make hard things easier for bow hunters, you know, because um, it's like you said, like, you know, a lot of bow hunters don't tinker all summer and get everything perfect. And, you know, most of my friends and family who are into this, they, they are successful because they're great hunters not because they're great tinkerers yeah know? that's right and so just keep that focus you know we need to give hunters what they need to be confident in their equipment they don't need to know all the nitty-gritty they just need to know what happens when when they do their part and get on a great deer and punch a trigger yeah just need to know that <laughs> need to know that it's gonna work yeah right yeah, yeah so need to know that's gonna work yep well, trying to make it simple yeah. Awesome, man. Well, where can folks go if they want to, 
uh, get in touch with you. What, what if they, so one of the things that I have always felt a little weird about when it comes to buying hunting stuff is like, yeah. man, I'm going to order this online sight unseen. Like I feel weird about it. I want to touch it. I want to or talk to somebody or something. If somebody wants to just like reach out, what's the best way to do that? Um, info at vectorcustomshop.com is okay. the, is a great email to, um, get a quick response. Um, don't call the phone number on the website. Yep. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> we just, we just get buried in phone calls. Yep, so for sure. Um, email. And then, um, if it's not a simple fix, then you'll get a phone call and we'll get it all taken care of. But vectorarrows.com. Um, and, uh, yeah, pretty much, uh, vectorarrows.com, Instagram, vectorarrows. Sweet. Just, uh, get a hold of us there, Instagram or through the support email. Cause, um, and that's another thing that's fairly seasonal, you know. It's a little, it gets a little nutty in the fall. Yeah. But do your setup now. Get get comfortable. Have your arrows ready to practice in the yard. And however you do that, whether you go shoot events or, um, you know, 3D with your hunting setup, which is super great, helpful practice. Like, or just, uh, you know, don't want to wait that long or potentially wait till the last minute that that's not how that's not what makes vector uh work any better for you <laughs> yeah well and, and i think that you know guys are never going to be kicking themselves because they got their arrow setups tuned and dialed in too early no you know yeah for sure nobody's gonna be like man bummer it's july and i'm totally happy yeah for sure <laughs> and you don't have to go get a bunch of them either just get a half dozen now you can always order the same thing later because you just build make an account on the vector website you can go in there and see what you ordered last time just click order more and yep. it would be the same thing so you're not trying to build them the same as last time or you know i i remember just feeling like every time i made a new set of arrows i got a build a new sight tape or sight in my bow all over again because yep. you know they're different but that's another thing we're just trying to make easy yeah repeatability so, man yeah i remember that panic you get down to like three arrows there. and you're like ah oh, crap like, oh yeah for sure i last at least half the season every year with like not a full quiver oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> you know yeah because it's like i'm not going yeah. down that rabbit hole right now no time right for yeah. sure sweet well isaac thanks for coming on the show again i appreciate it and we'll keep in touch man appreciate it Thanks for listening to today's episode. Big thanks to our title sponsor, Tacticam. Big thanks to Isaac Smith for coming on the show and sharing more about Vector Arrows. Really looking forward to getting my hands on some of those and shooting them this fall. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff so that you can help us continue to grow this thing. And uh, hey, until next time, get outside and enjoy the tremendous resource that is ours as Wisconsin sportsmen. Sportsmen.